Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know who this is. That's right. I am back on the microphone this week. Mike, thank you so much for covering things. Uh, I figure I owed you one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've only been doing it for how many episodes we got now? I've lost track. 400 and some odd. We're going to be 40 or something. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to hit 500 here before too long. Oh, my goodness. We have to bake a cake or something. <laughs> so, how, how you been? Uh, well, I felt good talking to John on the let up episode, but since then, I've been uh, doing the whole airline pilot career fair thing, begging for jobs with four other people who look exactly like me. And yes, uh, it's it's been pretty depressing because. You know, part of me is like, yes, I, I want the end goal. You know, the, the the king of the heap airline. Right. The other part of me is like, I look around. I'm like, I'm different than everybody else here. I, yeah. I don't want to be one of these 4,000 who could get furloughed in the in next year. You know, I have more potential than that. So, and especially talking to John about how he slowly built his small businesses, like one on top of the other on top of the other. That right. was really inspiring. It was. So it's. That was a good episode. Actually, I listened to it twice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, once I had to. So what you guys don't know is that I, I am the podcast editor. I've been editing the podcast myself now for, I had a professional editor early on, and then I've been doing it myself ever since. So I do listen to all every episode. I listened to that one twice because it was a good episode. And I got a lot of good nuggets out of it. Um, you have come to some observations. So recently, Mike, you were at a, basically a trade show a job fair for airline pilots yeah and you came away with a pretty powerful lesson i, th I thought we'd take this week to to talk about because i think it applies to everybody people in real estate doesn't matter whether doing real estate or anything small business how things go at your workplace let's talk about that unpack that a little bit yeah i think it's related not just to my current situation where i'm trying to get a, a new job an upgrade almost in a different new world and, you know, I'm trying to impress everybody. But I, I think our listeners are in the same spot too, whether or not they're going, you know, for another W-2 job, but probably getting to real estate, probably getting to a small business, a franchise, see how they can build their empire. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult world. And naturally, we look for to be part of a herd to kind of ease the pain and oh maybe i can bounce off, off ideas because i heard this is a good idea to network which i'm right. all about networking for certain sure. but what i found myself i fell into a trap at this conference like i mentioned to you there was four thousand people's reeking of desperation right all looking for the same nugget exactly oh and they're on their knees so my natural instinct i didn't realize it until after the fact is I gravitated to people who are currently at my airline trying to escape. So birds much of so. A feather, birds of a feather flock together, as they say. Yeah. And I know it's the natural herd mentality instinct. We can't get that out of our, out of the, the lizard brain we have. Right. But then I found myself like I was following them around. I was like part of this big group, you know? And I was thinking to myself, I look like. You know, in junior high, you had your, your clique of friends. I oh, yeah. You probably had a leather jacket and big hair or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was the kid that sold you pot in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't smoke it that much, but I was the kid that sold it to you. <laughs> oh, so, so you were on the independent entrepreneur side, not the uh, yeah. herd. <laughs> I wore the, you remember Miami Vice? Remember those linen suits? Yeah. 
that was how I dressed in high school. I was always best dressed. <laughs> I wore a suit to high school. Bet you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't guess that one. That's right. Shocking. Wow. That's how that's because, you know, I, I made a lot of money back to high school selling dope. To the nerds. <laughs> I bridged all, I, I, I was very inclusive. I let even the uncool kids smoke pot. So you saw all these clicks going around and you targeted each and every one of them. Damn, Skippy. I capitalized on them. You were the lion and we were the wolves. Yeah. I'm the reason why the Hamburg high school football team sucked because I got them all high. <laughs> <laughs> I used to sell them beer and moonshine and stuff too. I was cra- it was crazy, man. So that's cool to see that difference because I found myself falling into this herd, right? And then I looked at my, I looked around. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm in high school again, walking around with the posse, right? And now I am part of this herd rather than Mike Marino, who is a stellar airline pilot, who the one you want to hire, right? Now I look almost pathetic, and I noticed this too. Like we approached one booth to an airline i will not mention and uh all of a sudden we started competing about who was going to be the alpha because there was one recruiter and six of us you know right and i was like this is not the way i should be doing it and so i think back of it now and you know this there was a time and i know there's some friends who are probably listeners who think of the same thing maybe i should join a ria maybe i should join a group of like-minded real estate wannabes and then eventually we'll rub off on each other and be successful. And and your story about in high school, you were that independent entrepreneur. entrepreneur I've always been right? the, the one that's been. I've grown up. I was. I was an. I, I best describe myself as an introverted extrovert. I'm perfectly happy not going to a party, staying home, and reading a good book. Mm-hmm. I don't like going out into crowds. I'm not a big fan of it. They people say hear me say that. And they're like, no way, dude. You're on stage and I've given speeches in front of 7,500 people and, you know, motivational speeches. I've been on YouTube, countless YouTube videos, all this stuff. But in the end, I do like, I, I'm not much in big groups and things like that. Uh, but what I find is in what you're saying rings true, especially in the real estate. Well, not especially, but in the real estate space, I see this, like you said, in the real estate meetings, it's very clicky in these groups. And I've never been, I'll go speak at the meetings. But I'm there for a reason. So when I went to a real estate meeting, I've been doing this all my life. I'm going there to get something for Tyler, period, and his and my family. And for me, that was I would go to the real estate meetings and I would speak to raise money, private capital. And then I would use that private capital to go do deals. And that's how I did my deals all the way up until we started the fund. I would do one investor per deal. And that's how I did things. I did it by knowing that if I go to and help people learn more about how, to, how what to do with their cash as far as investing in real estate, there's a number of them that will want to make it just be easier to have me do it. And it worked out great that way. And that's the way it is with any, anything. But what I also find is the subculture of real estate investors that follow each other around, just like you and the pilots were going through. Yeah. So in your case, you're there to get a job because you're losing your job with the airline and you start, you look at it and you, you guys have one opera. There's five of you that have an opportunity to talk to somebody who actually has a job has the ability to hire you. Now you're taking that attention. Four of you, well, all five of you now have to share that five minutes with that one person. No different than if I went to a real estate meeting and hung out with the cool kids in the in the club. You ever notice that the cool kids are usually the ones that are poor in the end? Yeah, right. Yeah. Butch was always was a bully for a reason. 
<laughs> um, I learned this at the real estate meetings. The biggest loud mouths to talk about all the deals they do and these wholesalers and all that, they're dirt poor and their car is like a minute from being repoed. But I went there, call it selfish, but my idea, and I learned this, Larry Harbolt was one of the people that taught me this. I learned this a little from Larry. I've learned it from Jay Massey because they do it. I don't know if they'll, they'll Larry admit it, but I don't know if, if Jay would, but they go there with what's in it for them in mind. Now, Larry is very much, Larry will give you the shirt off his back. He's that guy. But make no mistake, the reason why he has a real estate meeting is because it puts him in front of more opportunities, more opportunities to raise capital. And that's exactly why he does his real estate meeting. But the people that all they go there and they all hang out together, they don't ever accomplish anything. Realtors, Mike, you've heard me talk about realtors do this. Realtors, they like, oh, we've got a networking function at Panera Bread from from nine to eleven. We're gonna go have bagels and coffee, and then we're gonna all go out to lunch together, and then we're gonna go for cocktails. He around three o'clock at the country club, and they're gonna go out and spend all day puffing each other up and getting their glamour shots done. Meanwhile, I was over in Holiday, Florida, selling crack houses to anybody that would buy one, and I never went to any of these coffee functions. I don't go to the Christmas parties. Because that's where all the broke folk hang out. You're right. You see the difference? Yeah. I'm curious. I've been to a few real estate meetings, but you obviously came from more of the uh, the guest speaker uh, yeah. perspective. And from my end, it looked like, oh, are you a newbie? Yeah, I'm a newbie. Let's let's get together. All the newbies kind of clump together. Right. And the let's more get together and I'll be poor. Yeah. And all the experienced folks, they're either not there or they're up on stage like yourself. That's right, because you guys can commiserate with each other mm. and you can supposedly bounce ideas off each other. But it's kind of like if I'm a day one pilot, would it make more sense to go hang out with you or would I go make more sense for me to go hang out with another idiot that's also in flight school? No, I should be hanging out with you because you actually are a real pilot and you actually do fly big planes. You're doing what I want to do. We've been talking about this since day one of the podcast and every motivational speaker does. You're spending time around the wrong people that aren't going to lift you up. So fast forward to today. Now, Mike, you're out looking for a, a job and you're, when you're in that group, that five, their, their attention, the recruiter's attention, they're not even going to pay attention to you. You are one of five. Remember that group of blank airline pilots, the end, that's a, that's, you become a number instead of that guy, Mike Marino, who wears the, well, you probably, you're knowing you, you've probably got a better suit than all of them. Uh, which I respect about you. I like that. The other ones are in the cheap suits, but uh, you're going to stand out because even though the room is full of people in suits, you dress better. You're better spoken than they are. You're more of a independent than they are. They can't function outside of the group, which is why when the, when the music stops, they're not going to have a chair to sit in. Meanwhile, you're going to be heading for the captain's chair here real quick. Uh, and that's the big difference. And I see this in all industries water cooler right you ever notice that the, the manager is never at the water cooler the highest paid salespeople are never standing <laughs> at the water cooler that's right no the highest paid salespeople and the people that are really moving and shaking and doing well and getting promoted are not at the water cooler instead they're out there kicking ass and, and making mistakes and learning things that's right it reminds me so at the conference we had one pilot a good friend of mine he wasn't even interested in this airline but yet he waited in line with us because he wanted to, to feel like he was part of something, part of this right. group. But <laughs> I right. look back now, I, I think that's our natural tendency. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, 
I think we all fall for it. And especially when we're trying to get into a new realm, a new business, a new, a new place that you're going to be moving to. Right. I, I wouldn't hundred percent agree. There's nothing wrong with it because I think if you're cognizant of its downfall to you and you're not willing to do anything about it, then you deserve where you wind up. And my, mm. this is my opinion. Oh yeah. I know people that will never escape those circles that will religiously do their real estate meeting or go to the, they go to conferences to play grab ass and, and, and accomplish nothing. And those people never seem to really get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are always onto the next gimmick, like Amway or something like, Oh, this is, this is going to be it. You know, network marketing is good. is going to be the best thing ever. Uh, they never really seem to get any traction because they don't step back and take a look at themselves and look at what they're actually accomplishing. I can tell you one thing I've been learning lately and I've been, so guys, I've been up here in the Tampa area, uh, learning about a couple different small business types, HVAC appliance companies and whatnot. And I've been riding along with a buddy of mine who owns an appliance company. And one of the things that I've learned, so we're going into these beautiful mansions. I mean, 10, 15 million dollar mansions overlooking the water, the golf course. I mean, just stunning. I mean, Oh, I could go on for hours on how some of these houses live, but when you're in these people's homes, which I normally wouldn't be invited in because I'm not in the club, in the club, right? But the guy that I'm riding with, a good friend of mine, he's he services their appliances. So I've been kind of just tagging along and he's teaching me some things and whatnot because I'm going to open an appliance business and an HVAC business and whatnot down in Key West because service businesses are in need in the Florida Keys and I'm going to change that. It's one of the things I've got on my list for this year. Anyway, uh, I noticed different trends and habits that the super affluent, the ones that are really crushing it. Yeah. There is a time for recreation, but that is a very limited part of the week. When they have a party, it's usually scheduled at the end of the month. But the rest of the time, these titans of industry and the people that I'm seeing first thing in the morning when they get up, they're getting up. They're very intentional about their day. Actually, they have a lot of the same mannerisms you do, Mike. They get up in the morning early, like we do. They are concerned about their physical fitness like you are they exercise regularly they generally spend most of their day alone or with a close confident confidant for example like an assistant and the or a protege and and then then comes family time and that pretty much makes up the day you don't see them hanging out with the other rich elites those are planned events that are done way in advance think about like the the international monetary fund, they all go to Davos and then the fed goes to Jackson hole, Jackson, Wyoming to do their big convention. That's when they get together and rub elbows, but they don't do that every Tuesday at the IHOP. You know, they're very intentional with how they focus their time. They know that they, they can do their best work in concentrated in bursts. That's why you see them playing golf at one o'clock in the afternoon, because they've got up early. They've crushed it physically. They've had a good breakfast. They've probably done a couple deals and knocked out some great stuff between like, I don't know, nine o'clock and 11. And by 11, they're out throwing back a golf club and playing a couple rounds. And then they'll do a couple things in the afternoon and that's their day. But they get more accomplished during those few hours of quote unquote work than people like you and I or anybody else would in a week. That's what I'm seeing. That's the trend. We, I, I should say, used to think they just spend all day in the golf course. And that is absolutely not true. Or they're out on their yachts. Those yachts haven't left the dock in a long time. And half the guys that own these big yachts that are tied up to the side of their 
huge mansion, they have somebody else run the yacht. A friend of mine is a private captain on a yacht, like we were talking about being a private pilot. Mm-hmm. He's right now down in the Florida Keys in uh, Ocean's Reef, which is over by Key Largo, on this private yacht as its captain, and it just sits there. And the owner may fly in and take it out for an afternoon, and then he leaves. But the rest of the time, the owner charters that yacht to other wealthy people to use. So the yacht winds up paying it for itself, but he only uses it once every couple months himself. I find that very fascinating. Thoughts on that? Turning it into an asset. Absolutely. Very selective with what he, he doesn't spend all of his time goofing off on a yacht. Like you give Tyler a yacht, you'll never see me again. I'll be goofing off <laughs> because I'm not, I don't have that billionaire mindset, I guess. I need to work on that. That's one of my goals I want to work on. That's one of the reasons that I'm opening several service businesses down in the Keys because I've identified a need. I'm going to start working smarter instead of working harder. You follow? So I guess that relates to what you mentioned before we hit the record button was you noticed that they don't care so much about money as in no. how much money it's going to cost to service their HVAC. They're more interested in saving time. That's correct. When they're, for example, they, these are some of these refrigerators that uh, my buddy works on. Imagine a refrigerator that's $20,000. $20,000 for, how much is your refrigerator, Mike? Mine was about six fifty. dollars uh, $20,000, $25,000 refrigerator, sub-zeros, whatnot, not uncommon. And when it dies, you don't have to go through a whole diatribe of what makes more sense, should you fix it or not. Of course, it makes more sense to fix it because A, the owner doesn't want to be bothered with having to go shop for another one. They don't want to be bothered with it having to be installed in their house and all the hoo-ha that that goes through. Um, it is a chore. It is too much of a time suck to to have to invest any energy into dealing with that refrigerator problem. So instead, they bring our friend over and he just takes care of it. He solves the problem for them. So it's not a discussion of it costs three grand to fix. That's not even a discussion that's being really had. It's a courtesy discussion, but there's no back and forth. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Let's get it done. What they're really listening for is, and it'll be done. I'll have it done for you this afternoon. That's the money right there. That's what they're looking for. It'll be $3,000 and I can't get to it till next month. That's a problem. Not the $3,000. It's that it won't be done till next month because they have that ever important once a month gathering next weekend. Oh, See, the, the wealthy, the truly wealthy and successful are very cognizant in the amount of time they have to invest in something that means more to them than anything. That's been a powerful lesson I've been learning lately. Meanwhile, my landlord is changing the roof by himself, taking six months, cutting down his own trees because he said, why would I pay anybody else to do it when I can do it cheaper? Yes, and I think he now holds the world record for a roof job. <laughs> it does. Six months banging on the roof. And folks at home, that roof is a flat roof on a three-bedroom, two-bath house. Uh-huh. Yep. Should have been and not, not even I mean, like a back porch roof, not even like the house is a flat roof. No, the back porch. You know, yeah. a couple of rolls of tar paper and we're done. Maybe a little flashing here and there. So complete opposite between the, the mega millionaires and the mom and pop who thinks they're doing great, but they got the wrong mindset. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So to kind of wrap it up and put a bow on it, guys, you know, we've talked about a lot about in this episode, but the, my takeaway from what we've uncovered is running with a, with a crew mm-hmm. isn't probably going to get you where you need to be. You know, do bikers ever win? You ever see the bikers ride around? The Harley people? 
Yeah, it feels good to be part of that that clan, I'm sure. But you're right, oh, they're really advancing themselves. No, they're really never getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. They do a poker run, they wind up in the same place they started, right? <laughs> At the Harley Davidson shop. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so interesting analogy, but it's true. And I have friends that are bikers. No, no disrespect to bikers. Don't ride in circles around my my property, even though you guys do it when you come to Key West anyway. But seriously, it's like running with these crews, these crowds. Doesn't ever seem to advance. It makes you feel good, but that's about it. So maybe this year for 2024, you you break out. Maybe you go into smaller circles. You ever hear that? And you go to a networking event, break into smaller groups. Sure. Why do they do that, Mike? Because they know the only way you're going to get anything accomplished is to break into smaller groups. Oh, you get lost in the herd. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If there was two of you talking to that captain, you probably would have got some traction. But when there's five of you, Three quarters of the time was being quietly just thought about who's going to take the alpha role. That's right. And, and I guess that relates too to these million dollar houses and the people, your customers, the owners. They're not, when they're going to the country club, they're not hanging out with 50 of their best friends. They're probably hanging yeah. out with two or three. Exactly. I sell houses in Key West. You guys know that. But when I show houses in Key West, the people have decided long before they show up to Key West that they're going to buy the house. That's a fact. Um, and when they come in and they're looking at a five, six, seven, ten million dollar house, they've already decided what's up. They're gonna fly in just because it feels like the right thing to do. And they thought they'd spend to take the wife in for a weekend in Key West. The majority of the homes on the island, I shouldn't say the majority, but the well, actually it is the majority. The majority of the homes on the island valued in excess of three million dollars are second homes. Why? Because time is ever important to these people. This is what inspired me to start opening home service businesses in the Florida Keys, because that is true throughout the Florida Keys, lots of homes sitting empty that need love and attention. Problem is, there's not people down there that have the work ethic, at least not enough of them, but I'm fixing to change that, to take care of all these beautiful homes. So my companies are going to do exactly that. We're going to provide that good old-fashioned customer service, that gold, that uh, the, uh, the, the gold, solid gold plan, where we're going to take really good care of their homes. Send people in to flush their toilets. Make sure the light bulbs all work. Make sure the concierge shows up and the beer cooler out back is functional and everything's the way it's supposed to be. The ice machine's making ice and there's not a dead cockroach floating in the pool. So when they show up from wherever they live the rest of the time and they have that very special time in Key West with their their significant other and the family and kids and whatnot, everything's already taken care of them for them. See, that way they can better leverage their time. And that's kind of like what our mission statement is going to be, is taking care of being ever ever vigilant on that owner's time. And we're just going to apply a bill to that, and everybody's going to be happy. So it's exciting. I guess it's also a reminder that uh, I feel like, especially the newbie investors or those who want to start a small business, they think of the customer as being like themselves rather than the customer of being affluent, which we learned through this episode, that they have a completely different way of how they manage their time, what they value in life compared to what we do. That's right. So I think that's another group thing. You know, we kind of think of everybody else being like us, but maybe our target audience should be the opposite of us. That's right. Which would be a great episode, by the way. I've got some ideas on an episode for that. You know, a lot of you go to the real estate meetings. I'll just kind of leave you this. The group says, don't ever worry about the landscaping. Just put some red mulch out front. You'll be fine. 
Don't waste time. Don't waste money pressure washing a driveway or don't, don't do this. Don't do that. But instead get some funky mosaic tile that you think looks cool. Put that on the backsplash. Um, make sure you use uh, colors that really make it pop and look like downtown Miami in a neighborhood where little kids are running around. Well, you, the problem is you're not, you're fixing up a house or fixing up an apartment to either rent it or flip it to appeal to someone else. And if you don't know who you're marketing to, if you don't know who you're selling to, you're automatically screwed. So stop taking advice from these groups of wandering groups of knuckleheads that aren't doing anything more than you are, folks. And instead, take a step back, look at the facts. All of the information these days is on at your fingertips. Go out there and get it and make it happen. Uh, guys, we're going to leave it right there. We hope you have a great week, and we will be back next week for another fun episode. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.